Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 329. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. Welcome to the final Slow Flowers podcast episode for 2017. The Slow Flowers community and listenership of this program have grown to be larger than ever, with more than 265,000 total downloads since we launched in July of 2013. That's amazing news, and I'm thrilled to share it with you. Every single week this year, in fact, every single week for the past 230 weeks, it has been my privilege to feature the voices of our Slow Flowers community with you. Unlike any other internet radio show in existence, the Slow Flowers podcast is tailored to you and your interests, making its must-listen programming a habit among flower farmers and floral designers alike. In producing and hosting the Slow Flowers podcast, I seek out pioneers and personalities, style makers and influencers, as well as unsung or little-known heroes, who together are changing the floral landscape, disrupting the status quo, and bringing flower sourcing and growing practices, not to mention eco-conscious design methods, to the center of the conversation. And thanks for joining in. Whether you've just discovered this podcast or are a longtime fan, I encourage you to take advantage of the immense body of knowledge that can be found in the archives available at deborahprinzing.com. The link is at an easy to see spot in the right margin of our homepage. We've updated the play and download buttons at the show notes that accompany each episode, making it simpler than ever to listen. Today we have a year-end listener giveaway. I'll have details on how you can enter at the end of this episode. We have two copies of Floral Activist and Artist Mud Baron's 2018 Flowers on Your Head calendar that he produced as a fundraiser for LA-based nonprofit for Women Ovary Wear. Next up, as I have done since the beginning of 2014, I would like to devote today to the Slow Flowers highlights of this past year. Next week, on January 3rd, I will present the much-anticipated 2018 Slow Flowers Floral Insights and Industry Forecast with you. Covering the Slow Flowers community has put me in a lot of airplane seats this year. I've been able to meet with, interview, and gather together with florists and flower farmers in 13 states and one Canadian province. That's amazing, and I thank friends and colleagues who hosted Slow Flowers workshops, potluck dinners, cocktail parties, events, and meetups in Alaska, Arizona, California, 
Connecticut, Iowa, Florida, Massachusetts, Montana, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Washington, and Ontario, Canada for amazing and inspiring experiences. So far, 2018 promises to bring me more travel as I've already confirmed Slow Flowers appearances in Texas, Washington, D.C., Colorado, North Carolina, Iowa, Illinois, and of course, the Pacific Northwest. So get in touch if you're interested in booking something in your community. According to our social media tracking tools, in the past 365 days, the hashtag SlowFlowers has hit 46.5 million impressions on Instagram and Twitter alone. You can see a snapshot of those metrics at today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. The SlowFlowers hashtag is the floral industry's most widely used brand or term intended to convey seasonal, local, and sustainable floriculture. And I'm humbled by the impact and reach of a term that originated with a tiny 144-page book measuring seven and a half inches square called Slow Flowers, as it has exploded far beyond my imagination in the five years since publication. Thank you for being part of this movement. And if you haven't, I hope you'll make the next step by investing in the continued relevance and success of this brand and join Slow Flowers as a member. You can find links to our benefits, values, and sign-up page at today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. And you can support this cause for as little as $5 a month. So let's get started with my month-by-month recap of 2017. January brought Slow Flowers to Tampa, Florida and the Gulf Coast, including a lecture for the Garden Club of Boca Grande, one of the most beautiful beach spots on the planet. I loved connecting with Slow Flowers members while in the state, and I took great pleasure in touring a few botanical gardens to admire the diversity of the region's flora. Later in the month, travel brought me to the other corner of the U.S., to Fairbanks, Alaska, where I spent a few days attending and speaking at the Alaska Peony Growers Association Winter Conference. Two geographic and climactic extremes and two equally vital regions for local flowers and passionate growers. Something else took place in January, an event that foreshadowed a major new collaboration for me. Flores Review published my article about a year-long creative project by Kelly Shore of Petals by the Shore. Called Four Seasons of Floral Design, the 11-page spread documented Kelly's creative partnership with Maryland flower farmers Leon and Carol Carrier of Plant Masters. It was exciting to write the piece for a major floral industry trade magazine, one read regularly by mainstream and conventional audiences. For Kelly and her collaborators, as well as for the Slow slow Flowers community, the story illuminated often unheard voices of domestic agriculture and sustainable design in floristry. I found it pretty remarkable to see seasonal and local flowers designed so artistically portrayed against the backdrop of a flower farm. I want to acknowledge and thank Travis Rigby of Florist Review's owner and publisher for adding my storyteller's voice and point of view to the magazine's pages. That first article led to my stories appearing in subsequent months' issues, each of which continued the Slow Flowers narrative. And then Travis invited me to join Florist Review on a permanent basis as a contributing editor. After much dialogue and consideration, the new collaboration launched in August with a dedicated editorial section called Slow Flowers Journal. 
Since that first issue, I'm delighted to say we've featured dozens of floral designers, farmer florists, retail flower shops, makers, and artists inside the magazine under the Slow Flowers Journal banner, and with the mission and message presented as inspiring small business success stories. A footnote. I argued passionately to continue the Slow Flowers Journal name for this section, and we considered several names. But that's because in January of 2017, slowflowersjournal.com launched as an online magazine designed to highlight and share this community's members and their stories. Expanding to print has taken the Slow Flowers Journal from a few thousand online readers to tens of thousands of print readers each month. That's a big achievement for our brand. Moving into 2018, these stories will continue. I'd love your input and suggestions, so be sure to follow links at the show notes for more ways to engage and become involved. If you haven't started reading the Slow Flowers Journal, I encourage you to contact Florist Review for a free sample copy or take advantage of the generous discounted subscription rate offered to my listeners, and I'll have links for that at today's show notes as well. February was a busy month personally as my family and I finally ended our 18-month urban condo experiment and moved into a new home with a completely blank backyard, home to the new Slow Flowers Cutting Garden. Over the remainder of 2017, I began to build the cutting garden as a place to trial cut flowers and other botanicals, stage and produce DIY photo shoots, and create stories for gardening audiences and more. The support of sponsors who have shared everything from seeds, thanks Johnny's Seeds, to bulbs, thanks Longfield Gardens, to my greater garden writers community, which supplied perennial and woody plants to trial, has been awesome. I'll share a few favorite photos from 2017 at today's show notes, and I promise that the garden's evolution in the coming year will supply you with even more ideas and inspiration. Also in February, we produced the Valentine's Day Lookbook, sharing it across PR Web, a news distribution service. The Gallery of Sustainable Floral Design Ideas from Slow Flowers member farms and florists was picked up by online news sites and posted to the web at slowflowersjournal.com and in a public Flickr gallery. These stories help to put you in the news. And if you're a Slow Flowers member, you've received, and I hope read and taken advantage of, ongoing calls for submissions that allow you and invite you to participate in similar opportunities to get published. Currently, for example, we're collecting your submissions for an upcoming American-grown wedding floral story. So if you're not part of these opportunities and you'd like to be, please get in touch. And I can't end my February highlights without mentioning how gratifying it was to be an invited speaker at the third annual Pacific Northwest Cut Flower Growers Meetup that month held in Corvallis, Oregon. There I shared the 2017 Floral Insights and Industry Forecast as part of my Slow Flowers American Style presentation. I was thrilled to discuss what's happening at all levels of the American-grown floral pipeline, from field to checkout counter, and to give the gatherings of growers and farmer florists insights into the opportunities they could leverage for their businesses. Following two wonderful Slow Flowers creative workshops taught in 2016, the first creative workshop of 2017 took place in March when I partnered with Ann Bradfield of Florescence in Seattle. We devoted a full day to floral design and writing about flowers, drawing on the perfect combination of talents that our creative students brought to the session. 
I continue to be encouraged and inspired by the willingness of those who sign up for my writing workshops. It's often a vulnerable, risky experience, certainly a little uncomfortable, but always rewarding, as those who do not consider themselves writers discover their voices and realize that having a personal floral narrative, a floral memoir of sorts, will reinforce their brand and how they share it with clients and customers. Another highlight of March was my visit to Arizona and the fabulous meetup of flower farmers and florists who gathered at Whipstone Farm in Paulden, Arizona. Ten of us came together, many who made the drive from the Phoenix Scottsdale area and others who live, grow flowers, and design flowers at higher elevations in Arizona's agricultural region near Prescott and Paulden. We even had two Alaska peony growers who happened to live in Scottsdale join us to network with other flower farmers and learn about their home state's flower farming scene. Thank you so much to Shanti and Corey Raid for hosting us and for everyone who made the day so successful. The meeting laid the groundwork for a two-part artisanal flowers workshop that actually just took place in November at the Desert Botanic Garden in Phoenix, taught by four of us who met that day in March. April. Workshops and lectures continued in the month of April with two notable highlights. Thanks to underwriting by Better Homes and Gardens, I traveled to Des Moines, Iowa to speak on Earth Day at the Wonder of Words Festival, a program of downtown Des Moines and the Des Moines Greater Public Library. Of course, the topic was slow flowers, and I'm so grateful for my editors and friends at Better Homes and Gardens and Country Gardens for hosting me, and for Slow Flowers members Jennifer and Adam O'Neill of Pepper Harrow Farm in Winterset, Iowa, for not only sharing their beautiful flowers at the event, but also for allowing me to shine the light on their business as a valuable source for local and seasonal flowers in that community. Fantastic teaching experiences continued when I joined Toby Nelson at the first Whidbey Island Flower Workshop as a guest instructor. The three-day workshop featured Susan McCleary of Passion Flower and Seattle-based Caleb Norman James, a wide array of design sessions and photography, all local flowers from farms on Whidbey and other Pacific Northwest fields and meadows. I started off the workshop with a series of writing prompts and exercises designed to stimulate participants to seek deeper language in their writing. It was fantastic, an experience to not only listen to the stories and short pieces that participants wrote and shared, but also to follow along now through social media and witness continued growth as writers and storytellers. May brought me to San Diego to teach at Flower Hill for a weekend garden and flower festival and a chance to record a number of interviews for this podcast, followed by June, which returned me to the Pittsburgh area for a series of wonderful events, including teaching about slow flowers at the Phipps Conservatory and a design session with all locally grown Pittsburgh area flowers from Slow Flower Member Farms and USA Made Vases supplied by Syndicate Sales. I also partnered with longtime Slow Flowers members Jimmy Lore and Jonathan Weber of Green Center to host a meetup in their beautiful Pittsburgh studio. And then for the main event, I reunited with my friends Nancy and Jim Cameron of Destiny Hill Flower Farm for two reasons. First, they held a lovely dinner in their lavender fields as part of the Field to Vase Dinner Tour, which I attended. And second, at their 2017 Lavender Festival, where I spoke and demonstrated floral design using some of the gorgeous blooms grown at Destiny Hill. St. Lynn's Press, which is based in Pittsburgh, 
was in attendance at both the Phipps Conservatory and the Lavender Festival, which made it really fun to hang out with my publisher, editor, and book designer while selling and signing copies of the 50 Ma Bouquet and Slow Flowers. American Flowers Week came at the very end of June, with many events and celebrations taking place around the country, led by Slow Flowers members representing all levels of the floral continuum, 100% grassroots and authentic to their regions. I'll recap American Flowers Week in the second portion of this podcast, but here I must stop and highlight a new feature introduced in 2017, the Slow Flowers Summit. With participation at an all-time high, I was inspired to do something ambitious and frankly a little terrifying to celebrate American Flowers Week, and that was to stage the first ever day-long conference as a centerpiece of our campaign. Held on July 2nd in Seattle, the Slow Flowers Summit was an incredible experience for those who attended and spoke. Nearly 100 members of the Slow Flowers community came together along with industry leaders and media folks to listen, learn, dialogue, and consider new models for doing business, making art, living intentionally and authentically, and challenging assumptions and attitudes. We had an incredible lineup of speakers, including keynote speaker Amy Stewart, whose presentation provided an opportunity to relive and review the past decade in floral, the decade following her publication of the groundbreaking book, Flower Confidential. Chantal Aida Gordon, Leslie Bennett, Riz Riaz, and Nicole Cordier-Walquist came together on a panel that examined inclusivity and representation in floristry and horticulture. I had named the session, Where is the Diversity in Floriculture and Horticulture? But I soon learned how limited that title was. I'm deeply grateful to these incredible individuals for agreeing to be part of the summit and for sharing their personal stories with us, stretching me personally and challenging me to make changes in my own practices as a writer and editor. Our afternoon sessions turned to floristry and the life of a designer, featuring Teresa Sabankaya of Bonnie Dune Garden Company, Emily Ellen Anderson of Lola Creative, and Lisa Wad of Pot and Box, each of whom added new ideas and ways of approaching floral design. The summit ended with a fun cocktail party, and we left with new connections and a sense of optimism about the influence this burgeoning movement is having on the floral industry. I truly believe that the Slow Flowers movement gives the floral industry a better way to do business, and I hope the summit and indeed all of my projects shine the light on those practices. I have a special gift for listeners of this podcast. The first two videos from the Slow Flowers Summit are now available, thanks to our amazing tech team, Andrew and Hannah Brenlin. You can now watch Amy Stewart's keynote presentation and the aforementioned panel on diversity, inclusion, and representation moderated by Chantal Aida Gordon. Follow links to those two videos from our show notes for today's episode at deborahprinzing.com, and more videos will be released in the coming weeks, but I do hope you take time to check them out. And by the way, you can save the date for the 2018 Slow Flowers Summit, scheduled for Friday, June 29th. More details will be announced in January, but for now, mark your calendars. The summit will take place in conjunction with the American Institute of Floral Designers, AIFD, the national symposium they're holding in Washington, D.C. And we'll have another slate of amazing topics and speakers. It's exciting to bring the summit to the East Coast, where I hope we'll reach even more of you. I can't leave discussion of the month of July without a mention of my return visit for the third time to Homer, Alaska, and the beautiful people and peonies there. 
I was the guest of Beth Van Sant and Kirk Wyhand of Scenic Place Peonies for the first ever Field to Vase dinner held in Alaska at the peak of peony season. An incredible dining experience. I'm so proud of what Beth and Kurt are doing. In fact, I'm so proud to have had the chance to document their stories and others of Alaska's peony community ever since my first visit in 2012 when I met peony growers across the state. It has been a true privilege to follow along and capture this amazing chapter seen through my first-person experiences. This year was especially exciting because Kelly Shore of Petals by the Shore came to Homer to serve as the featured floral designer of the Field to Vase dinner. I'll share links to photos from that event, but for me, the highlight was spending a day together with Kelly, along with floral design friend Lisa Thorne of Thorne and Thistle, and model and aspiring flower farmer Ashley Johnson. And to watch as the first floral fashion shoot for American Flowers Week 2018 took place with photographers Joshua and Brittany Veldstra, recently named Alaska's best photographers by the Anchorage Daily News, I witnessed what happens when incredibly beautiful American-grown flowers, in this case, the lavish summer peonies from Scenic Place Peonies, and incredibly inventive and talented artists come together. You'll have to wait for June to see what I'm talking about. That's when the lineup of American Flowers Week fashions will be published first in Florist Review. I can't wait for you to see what I'm hinting at. In August, I traveled east, starting with a lecture about slow flowers at the annual Garden Writers Association Conference in Buffalo, New York, followed by three fabulous days in Ontario, Canada. First, at the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers Conference, where I reconnected with longtime friends and met many new ones. It was so much fun to meet more talented flower farmers and farmer florists and to learn about the ways they're changing Canada's floral landscape and beyond. The visit concluded with a lovely evening in Toronto at a Slow Flowers meetup hosted by Blush and Bloom in Toronto. I've long wanted to record a podcast interview with Sarah Nixon of My Luscious Backyard, and I was delighted to spend time with her on this Toronto visit as well. It was a short and sweet visit that laid the groundwork for some cool Slow Flowers Canada projects that you'll learn of more in the coming year. September kept me a little closer to home, and I took a long-anticipated trip to the nearby state of Montana. I began in Missoula with a fabulous tour of local flower farms and a wonderful meetup hosted by George and Marcia Hart of Hart's Garden and Nursery. It was a bonus to have two Idaho friends join us, and the group absorbed the depth of flower farming knowledge of Jerry Ann Sabin and Ralph Thurston of Bindweet Flower Farm in Blackfoot, Idaho, since we asked them to speak. Kathy and Adam Sherba of Mighty Fine Farm generously hosted us at a fantastic Montana-style mountain lodge, and Carly Jenkins and Jamie Rogers of Killing Frost Farm were in on all the planning, and it added up to even more Slow Flowers connections in a state where flower farming is emerging as an exciting chapter in local agriculture. 
From there, I headed to Prey, Montana and Chico Hot Springs, where I spoke at the Rocky Mountain Gardening Live Conference and met up with another Slow Flowers member there, Cindy Hansen of The Herb and Garden, based in Helena, to record a podcast episode with her. I love what's happening in Montana. Like Alaska, it's a state where local flowers may at first come as a surprise, and I'm thrilled to help share their stories. In October, I headed east again with a stop in Connecticut at Trout Lily Farm in Guilford, where Michael Russo and Raymond Lennox hosted a lovely Slow Flowers meetup and gathering, including a tour of their beautiful organic flower farm. More than 20 of us enjoyed hearing from one another, florists and flower farmers alike, as we reveled in the waning Dahlia days and reflected on what each had accomplished that season. Early the next day, I headed to Waterford, Virginia, and Holly and Evan Chapel's Hope Flower Farm. That was another top moment of 2017, as I first enjoyed dining with Slow Flowers friends at the Field of Hayes dinner, held inside Holly and Evan's gorgeous vintage barn. That was followed by Holly's second annual Flower Stock, a two-day design and creativity fest with amazing speakers, beautiful flowers, incredible music, a true sense of community, and much, much more. It was an honor to be part of the speaker lineup and to teach two creative writing sessions to florists in attendance. I think we all made deeper connections with our art practice when learning to take place somewhere beautiful, and that is certainly what I experienced at Flower Stock, and I hope to return. In November, Travel continued, and I was delighted to make the trip to Boston and Providence, where the New England Farmer Florist Connection hosted me at their fall gathering. It was a marathon 48-hour visit to New England, meaningful in many ways, including getting to spend an evening with my Boston family. The passion for local and seasonal flowers shared by people who came to the meetup in Providence was contagious. Thanks to Debbie Bosworth of Dandelion House Flower Farm, Samia Dunn of Flowers by Samia, and the new wholesale venture, The Flor- Reserve, Monica O'Malley Tavares of Prince's Snow Farm, and in absentia due to the early arrival of her baby, Jill Landry of Beach Plum Floral, for hosting a wonderful and inspiring gathering. As the year came to a close, I kept Slow Flowers closer to home, and I hosted a local meetup for Seattle flower farmers and florists, professional colleagues and friends whose enthusiasm and support buoys me day in and day out. What a year! Our third annual American Flowers Week broke all past metrics for participation, impressions, and reach. A highlight was the beautiful 10-page spread in the June issue of Florist Reviewed, featuring the work of many Slow Flowers members, flower farmers, floral designers, and other creatives. I'm so grateful that they let me write and contribute that story to the magazine. Slow Flowers produces American Flowers Week during the seven days leading up to July 4th. I was inspired to launch this project in 2015 with encouragement from the team behind British Flowers Week, which started in 2013. As American Flowers Week returned for its third year as a social media campaign to advocate, educate, and raise awareness about American flowers, the message and branding became more refined and focused. Together, we added new layers of creativity and excitement and consequently realized higher impact for our efforts. American Flowers Week asked you, the Slow Flowers community, to post photos of your red, white, and blue flowers and designs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag AmericanFlowersWeek. 
the One Week Crusade encouraged everyone involved in flower farming and floral design to participate and draw attention to the cause. Your creative efforts and enthusiasm paid off in measurable ways. In a one-month period encompassing American Flowers Week this year, we generated more than 5 million impressions on Instagram and Twitter alone, up from 1.3 million impressions during the same campaign period in 2016. That's notable, friends. Reflecting the dazzling botanical diversity of American-grown flowers and foliages, Five talented individuals that we commissioned created wearable floral fashions symbolizing the best domestic crops and seasonal varieties at our fingertips, portrayed inventively to inspire others. I want to acknowledge and thank the teams that made it happen, including our sunflower dress team, Amy Kunkel Patterson of Gather Design Company, the flower farmers and staff of the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, who generously donated more than 900 stems of flowers, as well as Vivian Larson of Everyday Flowers in Stanwood, Washington, whose farm was our setting. Kelly and Pam Ulig of Sunshine Farm in Langley, Washington, got involved. Kelly was our sunflower dress model. And gifted photographer Anna Peters took the photos, beautiful photos, and Yessi Libby, whose hair and makeup so beautifully supported the look Amy envisioned. I thank all of you. Pennsylvania designer Tara Folker of Splints and Daisies worked her magic with winter greenhouse crops generously donated by Sun Valley Flower Farm. Tulips, calla lilies, freesia, and irises, as well as ornamental cabbage, ferns, and huckleberry, to conjure an edgy botanical cape for her model, Ashley Garner. With photography by Jillian and Ryan McGrath of Love and Embers, and hair and makeup by Stephanie Burkett of Bonafide Ginger, the high fashion imagery elevated familiar blooms to a new level. Longtime Slow Flowers supporter Riz Reyes of RHR Horticulture devised our menswear look using a tapestry of flora both cultivated and foraged from landscapes that Riz manages. The final vest and jacket showcased his particular expertise in horticulture and his penchant for menswear design. We partnered with Seattle photographer Mary Grace Long and makeup artist Yessie Libby to photograph model Alex Brooks in the depths of winter for stunning results. When I asked Teresa Sabankaya of Bonnie Dune Garden Company in Santa Cruz to be part of American Flowers Week, there was no doubt that California roses would be at the heart of her project. Hybrid tea roses, spray roses, and garden roses grown by her friend and longtime supplier, Paul Furman of California Pajarosa in Watsonville, as well as floral ingredients that Teresa harvested from Bonnie Dune Garden's cutting garden, comprised a fanciful rose tutu headpiece and decolletage modeled by Antalya Sabankaya. With hair by Carly Vollers and makeup by Zachary Weiner and photography by John Kammerling, the final looks were simply lovely. I want people to look at these pictures, to look at those flowers and feel the way I feel when I get to design with them, Teresa told me. Denver floral designer Arthur Williams of Babylon Floral Design created our final piece of the American-grown floral fashion collection with just-picked Colorado-grown peonies, supplied by Chet and Christy Anderson of the Fresh Herb Company. The Asian-inspired shoot with photographer Nicole Marcelli used Denver's iconic art and cultural destinations as the backdrop and portrayed artist and model Andrea Lee as muse. It was a beautiful floral experience. And thanks to all of you for making 2017 the best year to date for American Flowers Week. 
American Flowers Week benefited from the support of Slow Flowers sponsors. And without their in-kind and financial underwriting, I could not have been able to commission our fantastic floral fashions or capture the compelling imagery that has been so widely shared by you and others along all stops of the floral continuum. Get ready for 2018 when American Flowers Week continues during June 28th through July 4th. We've added more stories throughout the year to the blog at AmericanFlowersWeek.com to stimulate and spark your planning. We have commissioned some amazing new floral fashion shoots inspired by iconic American cut flowers. And I'm confident that 2018 will be bigger and better than ever as we encourage even more people to ask for American grown flowers at the cash register and from their local florist. Having a single week devoted to promoting this message is a benefit that you can definitely use to your advantage in your own marketplace. This podcast brought you 52 new episodes and even more appealing voices, ideas, and topics in 2017. It's remarkable to realize that this show is already well into its fifth year of delivering excellent and inspiring content to you. Thank you to all of our guests who agreed to share their stories with me and through the power of technology with you. We recorded in flower fields and greenhouses, in traveling cars, on front porches, in floral studios, hotel lobbies, not so quiet coffee shops, a stairwell or two, and via Skype and cell phones. When I ask and when people say yes and agree to appear on the Slow Flowers podcast, the ripple effect begins. You have no idea, actually none of us has a full idea of how powerful this medium is for sharing ideas, inspiration, inventiveness, and industry. The investment of time and talents from guests and listeners alike gets me excited and motivated to continue this journey. May just one of the topics or individuals featured in 2017 plant a seed for your own growth in the coming year. As I mentioned at the top of this episode, we're closing up the year with 265,000 downloads of the Slow Flowers podcast, which means this program has been downloaded an average of 10,000 times each month in 2017. Wow, what a great way to end the year. And thank you to those who take the time to reach out and tell me how valuable this content is to you. As the Slow Flowers movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of, of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support. And if you have learned anything useful from this podcast in the past year, may I suggest you show your thanks and click the donate button at deborahprinzing.com. It would mean so much to have your financial support as well. You can find the donate button on our homepage in the right column. Before I close, remember that two of you will receive a 2018 Flowers on Your Head calendar produced and photographed by our friend Mud Baron. Post a photo of yourself with American-grown flowers. You can either be holding them or maybe wearing them on your head. Post it to Instagram and be sure to use the hashtags SlowFlowersPodcast and FlowersOnYourHead. We'll draw from the entries and posts at random on December 31st and announce the winners during the first episode of 2018 next week on January 3rd. A final thanks to our sponsors for 2017, organizations and companies that have supported Slow Flowers and all of our programs this year, including this podcast, American Flowers Week, slowflowers.com, the online directory to American Grown Flowers, as well as the new channels, Slow Flowers Journal and the Slow Flowers Summit. 
Those sponsors are Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of 50 family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing high-quality, American-grown peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds, supplied to farms large and small, and even backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnny'sseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. A very special thank you to Andrew for his tireless and loyal support. He shows up and edits this podcast week in and week out, and it's such a gift to work with him. Learn more about Andrew at his site, kinetictreefitness.com. Music.